What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is Chastity Snowden. Chastity is a nutrition coach who has been through literally just about everything. She uh, she is known as an inside joke. She is known as the woman who has had a million jobs. Like she has literally done everything. But it's really cool because she's been through so many experiences. That she has a lot of lessons, a lot of insights, and a lot of revelations to share with us. And we're going to go through a lot of those today. She started out um, just getting into training to try to lose weight and get some confidence. She's gone through different gut issues, different autoimmune-related issues. Um, Then going through a bodybuilding bikini competition prep multiple times. Came out of that um, with a leaner body but also with eating disorders. So then she had to try to battle that. She gained weight again. Then she sought out CrossFit. Took that to the extreme where she was competing at a very high level. Suffered with adrenal fatigue. Then had to try to battle with that. She went through Wake Up Warrior as one of the only women in the world who has actually gone through Wake Up Warrior because as most people know, who are familiar with Gary J. White and his movement. It is a men's only entrepreneurial uh, coaching retreat, mastermind, so on and so forth. And uh, they opened up a small amount of spots for women. She jumped in. She learned a lot from that. She built a coaching business under Jason Phillips at IN3, coached hundreds and hundreds of people through nutrition, and now she is helping him coach people in business. So she has done a lot of shit. She's done a lot of cool shit, and she has a lot to share with us today. And we're going to literally go through her entire journey. Um, This is somebody who I know very personally, who is somebody very close to me as a friend, also as a mentor, somebody I talk with on a very regular basis, somebody who knows me more so than a lot of people know me. So it was a really, really cool conversation to have just to jump on the podcast, get her on and go through her story, learn some things about her that I actually didn't know um, that were shocking to me, but super interesting and super helpful. And just, again, so many insights going through her story. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. So before we get into the show, guys, one quick reminder, this show is brought to you by the Boom Boom Elite. The Boom Boom Elite is the one-stop shop for training program design. This is the place where I put my most intelligent training programs so you can use them for yourself, for your clients, and get better results and actually have a place where you can get support, accountability, and your questions answered because one of the biggest reasons for results actually happening and sustaining over time is not because of an intelligent program, but actually the education that goes into that program. So a lot of these people are selling programs online, but they're not educating you on how they are built and why they are working and how you adjust along the way. So what I've done inside of this inner circle is created training programs for you to follow and then systems for you to use to educate yourself on how to get better results and how to adjust going forward in the future. So guys, if you want to check that out, you can go to boomboomperformance.com slash elite or click the first link in the show notes. And the last thing before we do start this awesome interview with my girl Chaz, if you like this show, if you are enjoying this episode, if you enjoy any of the episodes, do me a quick favor, guys. One of the best ways to help me grow this is just to simply reach more people and allow more people to see what we are doing at the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. So what you can do is take a screenshot of your phone right now. You can jump on your Instagram, post it on your story, and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom and tag Chas at Chastity Snowden underscore IN3. Let us know who you are. Let us know that you enjoy this podcast. Let us start a conversation with you. And I want to hear what you like about the show and what you want to hear next. So without any further ado, let's get on to this awesome interview with Chastity. Chastity, finally on the podcast. I've had a bunch of people actually ask me to get you on and I'm surprised you haven't been on because every time we link up, we have a good time. We always bullshit. We like to talk. Um, both of us like to ramble quite a bit, so I think we're going to fit on this podcast perfectly together. But for the listeners who do not know who Chastity is, give us uh, your synopsis in, in a nutshell. Who is Chastity? I am a business coach and a nutrition coach with IN3 Nutrition. Um, I'm a CrossFit Games athlete, a master's athlete, and just a person that wants to create impact in the world and honestly just change as many lives as I possibly can. Um, so that's pretty much who I am. I love it. So let's let's go way, way back. So you actually have an interesting story. And it was funny because I saw a post, and I've known you for a while now, and I saw a post that you did, and it was like a – like I feel bad saying fat, but it was like a fat picture of you. And I was shocked. I was like, there's no <laughs> way. I had no idea. Um, so fill us yeah. in on that. Like, Was that a – was that your starting point or was that like a down point or how did all this begin in the first place? 
I actually was a pretty fit kid. Um, growing up, my dad's a professional fighter and my mom was owned a gym. So I grew up in the gym working out really fit. But along the way, I got really disciplined, I think, as a gymnast um, and doing a lot of sports. And then I got an autoimmune disease of, of the colon. And my mom actually has rheumatoid arthritis. So I think it was just in my genetic makeup that I was pushing myself too hard. Um, so around my 20s, I started having a lot of trouble with my colon and then went to college and basically went from probably around 115 to 175 and gained a lot of weight, was really uncomfortable and was really, really sick, allergies, all kinds of stuff. So um, that was really hard to go from being pretty fit to very, very fat. And then I got very eating disordered in the process. So. Um, after that, I went and tried to do bikini competitions and then found CrossFit. So I've kind of been fit to fat to way too lean to way too fit. <laughs> <laughs> How long was that entire process? Like, is this over the span of two years, five years? Um, I gained, I pr probably gained in about two years from about 115 to 175. So it was pretty much like the freshman engorgement it wasn't freshman 15 it was like freshman 50 yeah <laughs> so college was not very fun because I was super fat in college <laughs> and then after that you decided to jump into bikini competing competing yeah I um actually found a product called juice plus and started taking that and what happened was my colon started working correctly because it absorbed the nutrients um, where I wasn't absorbing nutrients before and just had a lot of trouble then I started getting healthier from the like cellular level. So I started feeling better, got back in the gym, started working out more, started changing my diet, getting really into, you know, fitness and nutrition again. And um, it took me probably, let's see, I was like 23 when that picture that I posted. Um, and then I competed in a bikini competition at 103 pounds at 29. Gotcha. Did you go through so it, a... It was a long process because now you do nutrition coaching so you understand the smart process of dieting was <laughs> yeah. did you practice a smart uh approach to dieting at the time to get to your bikini stage because back then when people were competing like proper nutritional strategies weren't really even a thing it was like basically bodybuilding prep or you just didn't diet right so what was the process like was it pretty gnarly yeah it was pretty bad um i actually i trained with uh, Kim Odo for my shows. Um, and he's pretty well known. He's still out there training people. And um, we cut a lot um, of weight off pretty fast with the meal plan way of doing things. Before that, the problem was I was so eating disordered from being so overweight that I had a million different habits that I didn't share with him. So when he was like, here's your meal prep, and uh, this is the food you're supposed to eat, if I didn't eat exactly that, I was either throwing it up, over-exercising, or taking diuretics, like it was just, or taking laxatives. So I was all over the place and destroying myself in the process of losing weight. Um, and I did all of those practices and learned how to do them very well all throughout my 20s. So by the time I was standing on stage 103 pounds, I mean, I remember getting off stage and almost feeling like I was going to pass out because I got on stage in the morning and then engorged <laughs> during midday threw up and then got back on stage in the evening. Right. So it was, it was definitely not the healthy way to do it. Um, if I did it now and got back on stage again, obviously I would do it a lot different. What were the biggest lessons in that process? Um, well, uh, now, years later, getting something fast is not really the best way to do it. And I realized I wanted to have the weight off as fast as possible. And in the process, I destroyed my hormone profile. Um, I'd, in eating disorder tendencies, you naturally are going to do stuff like that. But I wanted everything fast right then. I tried every kind of diet under the sun, and I would rebound. So the biggest lessons would be that the long process, to keep the weight off and to do it the healthy way is the best way to go. Cause you don't think about in your twenties that you're kind of want to, you want to be sexy and look good in your thirties and your forties as well. You just think I want abs now and I don't want to be fat. And 
you don't realize all the things you're destroying from your organs to your hormones to your mindset and all of those really bad decisions spilled over into all other parts of my life. So my business was all over the place. My relationships were all over the place, my finances and my body, like, and even my spiritual connection, like every single part of my life was a wreck because of what I was doing to my body. Got it. So what, I mean, one thing I would want to know is what, out of all that, what still affects you today? Like, do you still battle with any of that today? And then what do you do to prevent that or navigate around that? So I no longer have any of the actions of the eating disorder tendencies, meaning I don't binge and purge or take laxatives or any of the really big quote unquote, like horrible things. Um, What I battle with is body dysmorphia. So I'll wake up one day and just feel huge and want to not put any, any clothes on or go outside. Um, And sometimes it comes in the middle of the day. Um, I still battle with, you know, I used to be really overweight. So I had large breasts. So I tend to stand up and I'll pull my shoulders in because I was trying to be smaller. I still sit on the edge of my seat because when I would sit down as a large person, I would take up a lot more room and I was trying to figure out ways to take up less space. So I noticed those tendencies I still have and the emotional and mindset around it, I still am battling. Um, But the way I've gotten out of it is honestly, one is coaching. I have business coaches. I have had Jason Phillips has completely changed my mindset with a lot of that stuff. Um, You know, I continue to have mentors around that help me with my mindset. Um, And also just literally self-discipline and every day taking a step forward. So if those tendencies come back and they hit me really hard. I know that the emotion is there and I stop and I try to give it about 20 minutes to see if it's actually rational. And then I move forward. Um, cause usually it's not rational. It's crazy how those things are subconsciously still embedded in you though. You know what I mean? And it's funny too, yep. because like, I don't want to encourage anybody to have fucked up situations, but uh, so I was always overweight and then I got shredded in an unhealthy way to do a physique competition. I mean, to the point even where a lot of people don't know this, but I took clombuterol just to try to get shredded because my coach, oh, told wow. me, oh yeah, my coach told me to. Actually, I don't even exactly. know if I've ever said that on the podcast, but when your coach suggests something, you just say, oh, okay, sure, whatever. And it worked, but it's not healthy, right? And then after the show, I didn't know what the fuck to do, gained a ton of weight, had to go through that process, but that led me to being a better coach, right? Jason Phillips, anorexic led him to being a coach. You, everything under the sun, sorry, but <laughs> led you to being it's a coach. How much do you think, like how important is it to almost go through these struggles to become a better coach? I think it's really important. It's really hard for you to relate to somebody and understand what they're going through when you haven't been through anything. Not that you can't be a good coach and give people good education, but mostly coaching to me is reframing the mindset so that their actions line up with what they want because typically when their actions don't line up it's something that's happened in the past or some crazy skewed mindset that they have about why they won't follow through with the actions and it's digging deeper and getting there usually you don't notice it if you haven't been through it yourself and that's one of the best things about coaching for me is I usually can pick up on what people are doing before they even realize why they're doing it So key. And I couldn't agree more, but how important do you think it is for coaches to actually, because I want to keep this kind of on the coaching topic since that's what we do, obviously. Um, (laughs) How important is it for people to actually like let go of their ego and admit this stuff? Because I see like a lot of people either A, they haven't been through it or B, they don't want to admit they've been through it because they're still judging themselves, right? So a lot of it is actually letting go of the ego and opening up and telling the client, I struggle with that too. Like some of my mentor clients are shocked when I'm like, dude, I wake up with so much anxiety and thinking that everything's going to be fucked and just end there like, wait, what? I thought you had it all together. And I'm like, no, I know how to navigate around it. And that's what I'm going to teach you. But we all go through that shit. We're, we're human beings. Like how important is it for people to open up to their clients? I think it's huge. I, I think it's invaluable. It's just like, I think the reason that groups like AA work is because everybody's coming in on the same level. When you know your coach has been through things, you no longer are scared to open up to them. But I do think it's a process 
And I always tell people it sharing your story is kind of like peeling an onion. The first time I said I struggled with eating disorders, I was like, oh, I kind of have an issue with food. I get weird with it. Then it was, you know, I admitted a few other things like, oh, I kind of withhold food because anorexia was okay to me. Then the next thing was, oh, but I mean, you're not going to start your day with, hey, by the way, my name's Chastity Snow and I'm a nutrition coach and I throw up my food. Like that's not, that's not where you're going to start with your story. You're going to start in the easy part and eventually you'll just peel away the layers to where now I, I literally have nothing to hide. I have tattoos on my body that represent that I let it go. I have them in specific places to remind myself of why I let it go. But I think it's very important as coaches for us to open up. I mean, I've recently opened up to some of my clients about rape, about molestation, about things that have happened in my life that a lot of people don't know. And I've had clients open up to me and say the same thing has happened to them. And they've realized that's the reason they were not following through with their food macros. I mean, it's just, I honestly think it's invaluable, but I do think a lot of coaches, they're either one, they're nervous about opening up or they don't think it matters. They're like, I know the education, my personal life doesn't matter. And the way I coach my coaches in the business side of things, when they're trying to build a business in nutrition coaching is step one is tell your story. And we have so many facets to our story that can completely change someone else's life. And it might be your client, but it could be a client that you don't have yet. And that's why they become your client because you share your story. I love that. That's so important for people to hear because I think, and I did a video recently about like finding your why. And I think that's what builds consistency. Like you said, you're not going to follow your macros or whatever the plan is if you're stuck behind what's deep inside. And a lot of people just won't open up that conversation because it can be uncomfortable, but you need to have that uncomfortable conversation. Um, so kind of stepping back into your personal journey, you went through this process and then you found CrossFit. So you went from one extreme to the next which I know you have an extremist personality. Yeah. I do too. I've done the same thing. So um, kind of explain how that occurred. Cause I'm curious of how you got into CrossFit um, after you did your bikini competition uh, or was it figure? It was bikini, but they okay. told me I was too big. I should okay. have done figure. I, I hate the judgment of those shows, but it's okay. I did it too. Yeah. Um, and I help people do it. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things yeah. you gotta be ready for that. So after this, did you kind of rebound like a lot of people do and gain weight or did you stay lean afterwards? How, what was the process after that? And then what led you to CrossFit? I actually, I did two shows and I was a one Oh five and one Oh three for both of my shows. And I was prepping to do the next show, but it got to the point where I was crying so much and taking, I mean, I was taking three Xanax a day just to function and not have panic attacks. And every time I got on the phone with my coach, he was like, this is ridiculous. So I stopped, didn't do my third show. Um, and that was about a year and a half before I found CrossFit. Um, so for a year and a half, I gained weight. I just went up to about 120, 125 from 103, 105. Um, and I just was super involved, very deep inside my eating disorder. So going to a gym and looking in the mirror and not being 103 pounds anymore and still not being okay with myself was horrible. So I met um, actually a guy, I was walking by him and he asked me if I did CrossFit. Never heard the word before in my life. And I thought he was being mean because I have my own internal, you know, <laughs> processes about myself. I thought he was saying something negative about me. So, which is interesting. Um, and I said, no, I don't. And then I looked it up and I asked a friend about it. And I found the next day, I found a gym that was around the corner and walked in to a six o'clock AM class and asked if I could try it. And they told me to do 50 pull-ups in one day. And I told them they were crazy. Um, so I started with jumping pull-ups and I just got bit by the bug of getting better every day, which is kind of my personality in all aspects. Um, and found a coach about a, nine months into it, which is Kyle Ruth, told him I wanted to go to the CrossFit Games. And he said I was crazy. And then I just kept getting better and better and better. And uh, finally it happened crazy that is uh and and now last time so when i saw you in dc which was almost a year ago um you were battling with being able to lower your intensity 
So at what point did you get to a point where you were kind of like, okay, now I'm going too hard in this direction. Obviously it's less aesthetic driven and way more performance driven, but as we know, anything in an extreme sense can be negative. So at what point did you realize it was too much and what were you, what did you start doing to try to pull back a little bit? Um, I didn't pull back. My body said, you're not allowed to go anymore. And I basically dropped into a really, really deep adrenal fatigue to the point where I would get on a bike and try to warm up and my body would hurt. And I kept telling my coach, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't, I just couldn't go anymore. And we did a test and it turns out that my cortisol was way messed up. And, um, they said I was in stage four, I think it was, or stage three adrenal fatigue. So I took four months off. I was allowed to do, um, if I felt like on a scale of one to 10 in the morning, I could go ride my bike with um, my heart rate monitor on and my heart rate had to be below 140, 150, like at the max. And then if that, I felt okay afterward, then I was allowed to do a few bodybuilding, like functional bodybuilding stuff in the CrossFit gym. Um, most days I didn't do anything and slept and I slept 10 to 12 hours every night would wake up, eat breakfast, go back to sleep. And so I did that for about four months. My first workout back was the Wadapalooza qualifier in January. And then I ended up doing well or doing decent at that and then went to Wadapalooza. And then we didn't know if I was going to get better. I took some more time off because that kind of tanked me. Um, and then I, ended up going to the CrossFit Games this year. Crazy. Yeah, so basically I didn't stop. <laughs> and how, then my body forced me to. How difficult was it to take four months off, to like actually just stop, like mentally? It was horrible. Yeah. All those eating disorder tendencies, all of the like mental struggles came back. It, it, it was basically like a truck, an eating disorder truck running over me. I was, they, I thought I was going to be huge. I did gain about 10 pounds because I used to sit around 140, 138. And now I sit at 148, 150, and I have not been able to get rid of it. Like I can't lose weight really because my hormone profile is so bad because instead of stopping when I should have stopped, I kept training because I still wanted to go to the game. So, um, so I got to stop you right there too, because like you were 103, 105 on stage and then you gained weight and got quote unquote fat at 125, you said, and then you were lean at 138. So can you just tell the listeners like, number one, obviously you didn't build 30 pounds of muscle overnight. Like it just doesn't happen, especially for a female, but you put on a significant amount of muscle. And when you were before the adrenal fatigue happened, you were still lean, but you were muscular and you mm -hmm. were heavier. So number one, I just want to repeat that for all the female listeners listening. Um, but number two, like yeah. how did that factor into your coaching? Like with biofeedback being such a heavy emphasis on how we do what we do um, and just teaching people about like the scale versus other things. Like, did you kind of have all these insights of what's really going on? Yeah. I love that you pointed that out because I've honestly never realized that in my brain that like I was lean at 103 and then I was lean at 120 something and then I was lean at 138 and then now I mean I want to lose weight but you know it's like my leanness in my brain doesn't go back to 103 um because I did add muscle but it was over a long period of time but I was still I mean I was still around the same size pants which is interesting mm -hmm. um at 10 to 15 pounds heavier um as far as coaching and uh biofeedback I knew my my personal biofeedback and my coaches I knew my personal biofeedback was crap and uh to be honest I learned a lot from it because sometimes I would lie so I could work out and I would lie so I could eat less and I learned how to coach my own clients <laughs> because I could tell when they were doing that I think that's the one of the funniest things because I actually had this the other day like on the biofeedback chart, like sleep was great, stress was low, but they're stuck clearly. And, and I literally was just like, hey, so tell me about sleep and stress. Even though you ranked it a five out of five, it's good. Like, talk to me about that. Like, because it's not, and I know it. And sure yeah. enough, yeah, honestly, I just haven't been sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing with coaching. You do have to dig deeper. Like, they think, a lot of people think that we're like, here's your macros, peace. See you in a couple of weeks. Like, good luck. But we have to dig into like, wait, how was your sleep? What was your sex drive like? I mean, I'm getting into really deep conversation. Wait, you said you 
drank a lot of water. Well, what's a lot? Well, how many? Well, okay. Did you really measure it? Or are you saying you actually had this much, you know, every single thing we have to keep digging for biofeedback because people just go through life as life is normal and life as normal is not a good thing. hundred <laughs> percent, especially when your norm is set at such a low par, you know what I mean? And I think a yeah, lot of people learn true. that when they start tracking biofeedback and start doing these sustainable habits and sustainable practices, they realize that they were living at a lower level and they feel so much better that the new norm is like, holy shit, what was I doing? And I actually think that's the key to like, like people always, complain about track not really complain but wonder like how is tracking macros like a longevity based approach and it's like well number one it's going to teach you and number two like a lot of people don't mind tracking once they feel so much better and they learn all these things because they stop having cravings they stop binging they stop doing stuff because their digestion is better their sleep is better their stress is better now like that habit that once upon a time seemed tedious really isn't that big of a fucking deal Yeah, with me, and I've had a lot because I talk about eating disordered stuff. A lot of my clients are eating disordered. And I find that most people in general are um, just because our entire society is centered around something with food. Mm -hmm. But most of people, they don't understand until I explain it to them why macros basically set me free. It gave me control because instead of controlling all these other things, I had control over the food. And if I wanted to eat a cookie, I didn't have to eat the whole sleeve of cookies. I could just eat one, log it and move on. And it wasn't, it was no longer, is food good or bad? It was, is it in my macros or is it not? Instead of like my personal, like being, being bad because I ate a cookie. Now it's just, I just ate one. It's not a big deal. And that was like a complete mind shift for me. And it has been for a lot of my clients and it's freed them to live not only with an eating disorder out in life and change it, but like feel like they can now have relationships because they no longer are controlled by it. They have better, you know, life inside of their business because they're no longer like, Oh gosh, we're going to eat at lunch on my, with my colleagues and I can't eat that food because now they can eat anything. So life opened up a lot for them. I think that's huge because a lot of people look at, macros as more controlling or more restrictive or more neurotic and it's it's really not if you approach it the proper way and i always use like money as an example like if you want to save a lot of money you start budgeting things right nobody calls you neurotic for budgeting so you can go out and have like fun once a week like you're an idiot if you don't budget to save money right so like looking at macros it's the same thing if you want to change your body if you want to quote unquote save money or financially improve you budget your macros the same way you would your money and nobody calls that neurotic. So I think it's funny when people will try to demonize it and it's like, it's not that way. So I love that analogy. I'm going to steal that one. You know, what's funny is I, <laughs> I, I actually wrote it in a comment. Somebody was saying something on one of my posts and I wrote it and then somebody else screenshot it and sent it to me. It was like, dude, this is the best macro like reference ever. And I was like, damn, that was good. I didn't even think about it. I just kind of <laughs> typed it up. So I've been using it since, but um, cool. So go, kind of coming reeling back things because I want to keep kind of picking apart your story. So you, at what point in this whole journey did you meet Jason? Like when did that happen? That was about uh, a year, no, two years into starting CrossFit. My nutrition was a mess, obviously. Um, But I started with my coach, uh, my CrossFit coach, Kyle Ruth, and he realized like I would have a good week and then I would be in the tank. And then I was talking about being a fruitarian And then I would talk about not eating. And then he was like, okay, now you've eaten pizza all week. What's going on with you? And my, he was like, we got to get control over this in order for you to get better. So he introduced me to Jason and told me that I had to have someone control my food, just like I had someone controlling my workouts. Got it. Okay. And so this is, this is before adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. This was, um, two years in. So, and I've been doing CrossFit for five years. So you know that there's that saying like you can't out train a bad diet. Basically, you can train all you want, but if you eat like shit, you're not going to get lean. Do you feel like you can't like out diet over training? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like because he stepped in, you you conquered your nutrition. Like you definitely dialed in, but you still suffered from adrenal fatigue because you just weren't slowing down. So do you think like there's diminishing returns there? Yeah, I mean basically he was telling me the whole time, slow down, slow down. Like you're driving yourself into the ground. I mean, but he could only give me enough food or, I mean, there's only so many carbs you can eat. Yeah. Like I was, and also as you get farther and farther into being a performance athlete, you're stepping away from health anyway. And he, we know that 
I mean, with the triangle of awareness, it's like I was walking away from health from day one because I was going to the pinnacle and training four to six hours a day and getting enough carbs in that you're eating Rice Krispie treats three or four times a day. Probably not very healthy. It's hard to get 350 carbs in with broccoli. Yeah. Or even want to eat broccoli because you have to eat so much food. So I was eating like cereal and not stuff that was very good for my, not only my hormones, but my colon and the rest of my body. I was performing well, but yeah. You know, what's funny is I actually like to use like for CrossFitters, sometimes I like to use a, like Marcus Philly for a good example, just because he's so fucking ripped, but he's a good example. Yeah. Like he burnt out and got injured and stuff. He stepped away, slowed everything down and look at him now. Like he's extremely aesthetic, yeah. probably a lot, hell of a lot healthier too. Um, and it's in, I want to say, I heard him talk about going to the games again. I'm not as much in that space, but he probably feels so much better. It's probably such a, an enlightening and just empowering moment to be like, holy shit. Like as hard it is, as hard as it is to step back like that, to realize how much better you can come back because you feel so much better is probably so empowering. Well, I think honestly, the only reason, I mean, my coach does it now. He's like, the only reason you made it and didn't die, literally physically die is because you took four months off. And he, you know, he was like my CrossFit coach. He was like, I couldn't imagine making any of my athletes take four months off to try to get better, but you did. And what he's realizing now is that you don't have to train as hard as people think you necessarily have to, especially in the master's category. I'm 37. So, I mean, if you're 22, you might need to train a ton, but I'm all about like Marcus Philly. I really want to go that route and get super freaking lean now and do less. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, and it's just a good lesson for people listening because like more is not always the answer, right? Like, and I've been there too. I've done, I've never had adrenal fatigue or had like overtraining, like real overtraining syndrome, but I know people who have in both of those categories. And I know that I've pushed myself too hard to a point where like, I would just keep getting sick. Like I'll never forget. Like one of my colleagues would like eat like shit. He didn't really have to train that hard. He was always jacked. And he would tell me all the time, like, dude, you're like the most dialed in with nutrition of anybody I've ever met. Yet you're always getting fucking sick, like all the time. And I just didn't get it. But it was literally because like, okay, well, when's your rest day? Oh, I don't have a rest day. Okay, well, what, what are your light yep. days? Well, I have like one light-ish day, and it's just like nonstop. Like, what more can I do? And it was just driving me into the ground, not to mention working and having other stresses, which just load up the sympathetic. So um, I think it's super important for people to listen. Like, listen to your coach. Listen to your coach. Like, yeah. don't, I hate when I'm programming for people, and they're like, well, you know, I added a few things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, just follow the program. So you met Jason. Um, he coached you at some point you started coaching inside of IN3 at the time. I think it was probably Jason Phillips nutrition. Cause you came on quite a while ago. Um, yep. what made you want to shift into nutrition coaching? Cause I know you've had quote unquote a million different jobs. So, um, what made you decide to go that route and, and did you like quit everything you were doing and just go all in? Like, what was the situation there? Uh, Well, there was a couple reasons I decided to step over. One, I was just curious. I have an exercise science and health degree, like a bachelor's degree. I've been a massage therapist, so I'm super obsessed with the body and went to massage therapy school for a year. Um, And so as we're, and obviously I was eating disordered, and I've been in the Juice Plus company for 15 years. So I've sat and listened to doctors talk about food and what, how food can change your body. And I was just obsessed. And I used to want to I actually moved to Florida to be a nutritionist. So when I'm sitting here talking to a nutrition coach, every time he would tell me, change your macros, do this, I would ask why. And I would want him to explain everything to me. And finally, he was like, well, I have 167 clients. I'm scaling my business and need help because he just grows so fast. So he was like, would you be interested in learning this? And I could teach you. So every time we would get on a phone call, he would just teach me stuff and he would give me homework to go study reverse dieting and I would come back and teach him. And then eventually I wanted to, I was like, this is something I really want to do. And he said, well, then let's do it. Um, So one reason is I was really, really interested because that was kind of my field that I wanted to go to and go into anyway. But the other reason is I've done so many different jobs and I realized none of them worked because one, I don't do well with someone telling me what to do because I like to be my own boss, but also because I just get bored easy because I wasn't really interested in the dental field or, you know, trading time for money or 
I love the gym, but I didn't want to be in the gym all day. I've sold cars. I've been a flight attendant. You know, I've managed real estate offices, orthodontic offices. Um, I've done a lot of different things, but all of them were short lived. I just got bored with it. It wasn't what I was passionate about. So I had probably three or four different jobs where I was making not much money and trying to say yes to everything. And he was like, Chastity, one, this is not good for your training. Two, this is not good for your mindset. You're going crazy. And so why don't you trust me? You trusted me to help you with your eating disorder. You're eating more carbs and I didn't kill you um, by adding more food to your diet. So why don't you trust me inside of finances? It's like, all right. And so I quit all of my jobs and decided to be a nutrition coach and started trying to get my own clients. And at that point in time, it wasn't I and three. So I was getting my own clients. We didn't have like the funnel and the websites and all that stuff. So I just started telling people what I knew and teaching people and picking up clients. I love it. And it, it's like, that's literally, I think the hardest part for a lot of coaches who I talk to who want to know like marketing strategies and stuff like that. And like, there are marketing strategies, but none of it can be applied if you're not first and foremost, just trying to give more. Right. And I think that was perfect. Yeah. What you said is like, I just started helping people out. I just started educating people and then people just come to you. Right. And that's the same thing with Jason. You just try to educate people. I mean, we know this cause we mm -hmm. talk about business all the time. I don't run fucking ads and I don't think Jason ever ran ads no. until it was to a point where NCI came into the picture and stuff like that. So I think people are, you know, marketing can be such a sexy, cool thing that it like, drowns people's vision of what they actually need to do and over the course of like you speaking on your story during this podcast and every single phase of it like the thing that keeps coming up to mind that like people can take away from this too is like you focus on the process not the end goal like never once were you like really like excited about this one thing and when you did you got adrenal fatigue because you were so focused on the pinnacle of performance, right? So like the biggest lesson there is like everything we do, we should be focusing on the process, not necessarily the end goal. And I think like fruition is always going to be more successful if we do so. I agree with that. I always, and I stole this from Garrett. I've heard him talk about Garrett White when I went to his event, but he had always talked about the horizon. Like you need to set it. You need to have it. But the horizon's always moving, but you need to set it so that you can then have buoys in between and focus on the process in between. Because if you focus on that horizon the whole time, one, you're frustrated. And two, like you drive your body into the ground. Yeah. hundred percent. So you've, you've, we've gone through the early stages, college, bikini, CrossFit, adrenal fatigue, becoming a nutrition coach. Um, now you're coaching people in business. You've also done mm -hmm. something I want to talk about real quick is the war. You just brought up Garrett. That's something I wanted to ask you about. Um, people ask me all the time, like, dude, where did you get positive focus from? Where did you get like your morning routine from and your meditation style and all these different things that you do to make yourself a better human being? And nine times out of 10, I'm like, go look at Wake Up Warrior. Go look at Wake Up Warrior. Because a lot of what I've learned to become who I am today is like taking a lot of shit from them, to be honest, that I learned from coaching with them and kind of making my own twists on it. What did you take away? Because you were a part of the only, and I don't even think it's a thing anymore, like women's wake up warrior. So what did you, what were like the biggest takeaways that you took away from that and how have they changed you? Um, yeah. So we have two weeks left, which I'm sort of sad because I love it. I love anything that's going to make me better and change my mindset. But um, one of the biggest things I've learned from it is I was always the person that I wanted to become whether I wanted to be a CrossFit athlete or I wanted to stand on stage or I wanted to finish college or anything I wanted to do, I was all, it was always inside me, but I didn't believe in myself. And what I've learned from them is the biggest problem is I have to get out of my own way and change the stories in my head that were either told to me by my family, my friends, and instead create my own identity and my own story. And in the process of doing that, they give wake up warrior. The best part about it is they give you the tools to do it, to basically take those stories and reframe them into what you want your life to be. And then you live according to that instead of living according to what all these other people told you to say, told you to do how to live, where to live. And it's the most empowering thing when you no longer have to sedate yourself to get through your life. So my form of sedation was food. And I know a lot of people, it's money or it's men or it's drugs or it's whatever. But the other thing I learned was not only was I getting in my own way, but I was also doing it by sedating myself and not living my life. 
So I feel like going through this wake up warrior time and going through the process and learning the tools, I've been allowed to create my own identity. Even though I've accomplished a lot, I always felt like I didn't quite get to the pinnacle because I got in my own way. Um, I can create my own identity and create the own, my own story. And now my future is completely open to do whatever I want. And it's almost like you accepted that, right? Because I think you kind of alluded to this. And one big thing that I took away from it was like just giving myself permission. Yeah. Which is crazy. Just giving your, giving yourself permission to have anything be possible. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've gotten out of it too is, before it was like there was I was living like in a box of this is the only thing I'm allowed to have or the only lifestyle I'm allowed to live and now it's like the horizon is there and it just keeps moving like I just keep everything keeps expanding yeah and then I had a call a mentor call this morning and the guy's just not breaking through a barrier and I told him like you're literally judging yourself so hard that you're not accepting and giving yourself permission to go all in on these little things that you need to do inside your business. And because of that, yeah. you're like holding yourself back. So we went through every judgment. I was like, okay, give me your insecurities and the judgments that come to mind. And we just eliminated the fact of each one. That's not true because blah, blah, that's not true because blah, blah, blah. It all comes down to self-belief and self-judgment, which is fucking crazy to think about. But it's how many, so I mean, though. how many women were in your group and how many of them had these like, epiphany moments well the it, there was about 300 of us in the whole thing and inside my pod when we joined like the acceleration there's um six of us seven of us seven of us and all of them <laughs> every single one of them and it's funny just like talking about your story is pulling back layers it's like as soon as a layer is dropped and a story is changed another one appears and you have to fight against that one to get past it so it's like a constant battle of fighting the stories and you getting in your own way in a different area of your life. But the cool thing is, is now I have all these people that know how to communicate this way and that are also fighting to become better that now I just don't feel like I'm ever going to stop, which is nice. And it's really cool. What I've found is in nutrition coaching and in business coaching, I've used all the tools that they've helped me with, just like I know you're doing nutrition coaching and business coaching. And it's like, now I realize it doesn't matter what kind of thing they're going after, whether it's a body composition or they're trying to build their income, it's usually them getting in their own way. And once we reframe their brain and their stories, they move forward. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's actually exactly what I was about to say is like, when you learn those strategies, you can help people navigate towards their goals so much easier because it's like, I talked about it yesterday. The thing is never the thing. Like it's always deeper than what they're coming to you as, but as a coach, you can't tap into that if you're just a trainer, right? Like you have to be on a different level. Um, so right. we're coming towards the end and I have a couple questions that um, I'm just, I've just been curious about because so you've, I mean, you've had a crazy journey. You've gone through all this stuff. Um, now you're coaching with Jason, which is partially individual and then partially like right by his side because he's in front of us yelling and screaming and telling us to shut the fuck up and doing his thing. And, uh, if you're at the mastermind, you know what I'm talking about, but yeah. you even are on the calls with us. So I'm curious, twofold question. Number one, you've, so I approached you guys and you were there right next to me when I brought up him being my mentor and you guys looked at each other like, we don't do that. And I was like, well, how much does it cost? Like, I didn't know it was going to turn into this. Um, and now it's, it's a massive thing. So during the last, it's been over a year now, just over a year, or it's about to hit a year or something. It's been a long time. You've been literally right there with me this whole time working through this. Like, what are like, I just want to know like your insights on that. Like what has like been the biggest kind of like light bulbs or just like crazy things that you've watched manifest through Jason, through me and like kind of being in that conversation. And then the second part of that question is watching all the people inside of here what is like the most common thing you see because i think a lot of people are at different levels of their business in their life yet their problem is exactly the fucking same a lot of the times so i'm curious of your insight on that as well so yeah i met cody i got off a plane in vegas thought i was just coming to hang out with uh, jason to have dinner and this, I'm like, who's this guy that's having dinner with us? And this guy's sitting here, he's like talking to Jason. And afterwards, I'm like, well, that guy was really cool. And he's like, he wants to pay me to mentor him. 
like, well, what does that mean? Are you his coach or he's a nutrition coach? I don't understand. He's like, no, like business. Like he wants me to help him basically do what I'm doing and how, you know, scale his business, mentoring, business coaching, like the sky's the limit podcasts, like life is going to go to the freaking moon. And I was like, okay, so what does that mean? He was like, I don't know. So it was very interesting. The coolest thing I've seen is like, you have gone from some guy I didn't know. And and honestly, when I sat across the table from you, you didn't seem very like secure. You were just this guy that was trying to create impact in life. And when I met Jason, he was like the same thing. He was just my nutrition coach. He's given people some information. And both of you guys in this process have completely changed the belief in yourself. Because I sit back and I watch both of you guys, because that's what I do. And you both have completely changed from maybe I could be good at this to I'm going to literally change this world. And I can see both of you rising at the same time together, even though he's your mentor in order to be your mentor, he had to step the fuck up. He had to become better in order to help you. And now you're doing the same thing and you have to become and rise and learn everything and share all of your knowledge in order to help other people. So it's been really fun to watch both of you change because it's like you guys are becoming who you already were that was always inside of you but now you just accepted it and decided to step up and believe it which is kind of the whole mentality with wake up warrior but it's really fun to watch people do it and to watch them change over this process because and I give you a hard time because every time he walks into the room I'm like my famous friend is here and he hates when I do that but that's literally who he's become I have people it turned out when I met him no if I would have said hey I had dinner with Cody Boom Boom nobody would have cared and now people ask me oh my gosh you got to sit in the room with him you got to sit in there you were sitting beside him at dinner and now you're like my famous friend but you're exactly the same as when I first met you. You're humble. You're a great human being. You're still wanting to create impact, but now it's like global. So that's what I've seen in both you and Jason. The common theme, I would say that every single person becomes who they think they can become. So we have the Christy Campbells of the world in the mastermind that comes to us. And I met her when she was starting her level one and was just brand new asking some crazy questions on the front row to now she's, you know, quadrupled her business, has scaled, and she believes in herself like nobody else. And then we have some other people in the mastermind that I thought would literally surpass everybody else. And they haven't because they don't believe that they can do it. They have the tools. Every single person sits in the same room. They get the same phone calls. But when they don't believe in themselves, and they're constantly asking why I can't move forward instead of actually taking the action, then they get like stunted and they don't go anywhere. So the common theme is literally like, what do you believe you can do? And you can do it. I love that. And it's, it's funny because, well, first of all, even when you say famous friend through the screen, I blush and like get awkward and uncomfortable. because so <laughs> It makes great. me feel so weird, <laughs> but I think it's so important. Like I've watched some of my mentor clients and it's the same thing. Like the first half of the time working with them, it's just like, trying to convince them that they could do more and be more and become who they want to be. And I actually have this whole thing that I do with them on literally, who do you need to become? Like, and it's a ser series of questions. We have a conversation. It's like, you need to start acting as that person right now. And I think it's a weird thing to, to realize, even for Jason, when I asked him to mentor him, he probably goes through this process of like, who the fuck am I to mentor you? Like, I, what, what? Like, that's weird. Like, and then you start creating yeah. self-doubt. But once you accept it and you realize that you have all the tools to be that person, the sky's the limit. It's honestly insane. And, and I think you're exactly right. That's what I needed is I needed just that extra umph and that extra belief in myself to do what I knew deep down inside that I could actually do. And now I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, it's so, it's so cool to see. And if, that. You so, ever doubt, if you ever doubt, you know, you can call me and I'll just tell you, you're my famous friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you guys, you guys do so good about, and this is part of coaching, right? This is part of having a mentor is like accountability. Like I don't care who you are, or what you're trying to achieve. I personally believe that at least 50% of the reasoning you should have a mentor is just accountability to do the work. Because if you don't have somebody to actually push you to take action, you're just going to stand around and wait. Absolutely. You're going to get in your own way. 
hundred percent. So I love it. This has been a great podcast. Um, I'm glad we finally got you on. So uh, before I sign off, where can everybody find you so they can follow you and check your stuff out? On Instagram, I'm Chastity Snowden. It may say Chast Snowden as well. And then Facebook, I have a Chast Snowden Nutrition Coaching page. My other page is full, but you can request me. Um, and then the IN3 website, you can see part of my bio. I have to update it. But um, yeah, mostly Instagram is where most of my stuff is. I'll put all of that stuff in the, uh, in the show notes so people can follow you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be Functional Muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum, and that is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.